Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Unscripted Playbook podcast. And this week, we are beyond fortunate enough to have the national anchor of Sportsnet, Arash Madani, joining us here. Arash, thank you so much for coming here. And as you know, how we work is we do three topics each. Uh, I don't know BJ's topics. He doesn't know mine. But before we get into that down the end of the show, what we'd like to do is ask you a few questions. So, BJ, did you want to kick us off with something or say hi to a rash? Hey, I gotta, where, where do those wooden rackets come from? That's <laughs> Why is that always the <laughs> first question? Or where's your headband there, Bjorn? Uh, uh, yeah, it's funny. Eh? It's always the first thing that guests bring up. Yeah. Um, Dave, Dave was all over those rackets last week. It was, it was unreal. It was good. They are rackets that I still use to this day, Arash. Remember when I last saw you was in Toronto playing in downtown and did you not notice me holding one of these? No, I didn't. Now, <laughs> no, I would. Dave could hit a backhand with one of those. First of all, Dave could hit a backhand, let alone with one of those rackets. I think all he does is swing golf clubs. That's all he does. Is, right. Yeah, yeah. He did not mention the tennis factor. He he did make fun of me at uh, every opportunity. So Arash, huge huge fan of you already for uh, pretty yeah. much going right after Dave before we start. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will happily I will happily issue a public challenge to Dave for a tennis match. That'd be epic. Okay. This is it's be been heard. Yeah. It's been heard here. Oh, I'll, I'll my money's on a rash blindly picking a oh, rash because I've here. seen him swing. I've seen him swing. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd pick. Actually, I got to pick Dave. He's gonna chirp me if I don't pick. I'm so sorry, a rash. I'm gonna go. Oh, anyway, just just right off the hop, I just figured I'd make a public challenge to Dave. Um, <laughs> we, we both know that Dave's such a good loser um, <laughs> that that you know he's he'd be really good about that you know and. Yeah, you'd never. Was that nobody would bring it up around him in his in his social circle. So let's go, Dave. Hundred bucks, a uh, hundred dollar donation to charity of the other person's choice. I love uh, it. Let's do it. Best of three, or what are we doing here? Or one? No, no, no. Five yeah. setter. Five setter. Five set. oh, this is going to be like uh, uh, what is it? A Federer, jo- uh, Djokovic, like Wimbledon, fifteen eleven, fifth setter. It might be more of like. Um, uh, tennis Sangren versus, um, <laughs> I don't know how you... For the sake of the Ottawa Heart Institute, we should make it a best of three. We don't, <laughs> need, we don't need two ER visits for no reason. Yeah, let's not push That's it. Funny. Let's not That's push good. it. Listen, Dave did kindly say that he would like to come back on down the road. And I think before then, Beach, if you can find out if Dave accepts that challenge, we need to, maybe next week or two weeks from now, you let me know if you responded, and we'll sure. have to let a rash know if that challenge has been accepted. And, you know, once this pandem- pandemic breaks, I would happily go wherever that game is happening, Arash. Do you I have a recommendation? You've made the request, so you get to pick the venue. Uh, hey, man, if Dave wants to come to Toronto, we can pick the venue. And if we have to go to Ottawa, we'll find uh, somewhere there. But well, Are there any courts at Ottawa U Beach that he'd want to play at? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a quick no. <laughs> what were you going to say, Arash? We need to find an actual chair umpire because I don't trust Smart calling his own lines. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us off here with the the first question, Arash. And and just a heads up, John has a bunch of dumb questions. I have more questions because I'm interested in your job field and your interactions and your experience. Um, so the first one I'll go to is just really your thoughts on the Jays' uh, offseason signings. You know, specifically Springer and S- Semyon and. Where do you see what do you see their outlook for the 2021 season looking like? Well, I, I mean, I like both moves. Obviously, I'm Springer to bring a World Series MVP. This dude has played as many playoff games 
as the Blue Jays have in the history of their franchise. So what you bring is you're signing a guy for 162 times five, but you're actually signing him for October when it's right. not cutting time. When it matters, that's what you have. And guys, October is such a different animal. You know, in, in basketball, they say March is its own beast. October is its own beast. And of all the pro sports playoffs that I've been around, the, the difference in tension, the difference in the stakes, the difference in pressure, the difference from regular season to playoffs is more pronounced in baseball than any other sport. And to bring Springer in, that, that's significant. They've also improved up the middle with him and Simeon. You know, suddenly you go from Randall Grichuk in center um, to the revolving door that they had in second base. Now up the middle, it's Bichette and Simeon and it's Springer. So they talked about run prevention coming into this offseason. They've improved defensively there. Now, bring on two pitchers. Mm -hmm. They still need a couple of arms um, in that rotation. I actually got a text um, the night before the Springer's unveiling of a press conference from someone in the Jays organization. I said, what, what, you know, are you guys planning on adding a pitcher or two? He said, yeah, like, you know, we hope to get. And uh, I said, anyone on the radar? And he said, no, no one on the radar. We're kind of looking like the usual answer. And then a few minutes later, I got a text from that same person saying, Hey, do you know uh, do you know James Paxton? You think you can get him to uh, take a hometown <laughs> discount for us? So they are at least kicking the tires on James Paxton. I will I will assure you of that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I I saw some interviews with the the new the new guys coming in. And they showed the lineup for the Jays, and man, what a difference a year makes. They they look they look like they could actually do something now. I don't know what the, about the age factor. There's certainly a young squad, but do you think it's going to be this playoffs are coming next season or the following? Playoffs? Playoffs. Guys, it's so hard to, to even forecast for a couple of reasons. One, I'm not convinced they're playing 162 games. You have a CBA that's expiring at the end of this year. The games have, you know, the, the negotiating games, the posturing has started between the players and the owners in the league. So mm -hmm. they're saying, okay, well, we're going to do business as usual. I just don't buy it. it. To me, there seems to be some underlying move by baseball ahead here. The other is we don't know what the pitching staff for the Jays is going to be. Right. We don't know who there are, you know, who they're going to bring in, what their rotation is going to look like. I mean, think about last year. They had Matt Shoemaker, Chase Anderson, Tanner Roark. They were hoping that two of those three were going to do something. Uh, Anderson was a disaster. Roark didn't do anything. Shoemaker was fine, but he couldn't stay healthy. What will Nate Pearson be? It's such a question mark. He's eventually, I think, going to be a stud. I think he's going to be a front of the rotation guy or a number two in the rotation guy, but what's he going to be in 2021? So there are so many questions right now, as we sit here the second week of February, uh, you know, which is what base usually by now the entire roster is filled now in baseball, what 20 free agents have signed 30 free agents have signed across the industry. So there's just so many question marks because of COVID because of the CBA situation and just because rosters aren't filled out. What's day one supposed to be? What's day one of the regular season supposed to be? I'm going to say like March 28th or something, give or take. I mean, they're giving it what I was talking to my brother the other day. 
not the one that you know, oh. the other one, <laughs> he who knows a little bit more about these facts. Right. And I want and Dean to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he He's saying they're giving out a million doses a day in the U.S. And yeah. that sounds huge, but there's also 360 some million people in the U.S. So it's still going to take an entire year. But I don't know. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, all right. So we'll move on to my question. Thanks for that insight. Appreciate that, Arash. Uh, like BJ said, my questions are <laughs> going to slowly get more ridiculous because these are things that people want to know from someone like yourself who just has national um, national experience, travels a lot, and you know started from a place. You started from the bottom. You really did. Like You started off with Roger. So I'm asking you some silly questions. The first one is not that, not that crazy. It's what do you miss most about traveling for work right about now? I mean, there's the hotel rituals. Do you have a food item that you always just loved having on the road? Like, What about traveling do you miss? Because you've got to be going stir crazy to go from as much as you did to nothing. What do you miss? Well, I tell you what, last year, the Super Bowl was in Miami and I stayed there an extra week. Um, <laughs> I missed the sunshine and the heat on cold ass days like today. Um but what I miss most is just being where the action is to really get a sense of what's going on and just having the, the everyday day-to-day -day conversations with people by just being around uh, to do my job properly. Uh, you just show up to practice. You know, we were talking about tennis before we came on. You know, if I'm showing up to Rogers Cup or wherever, U.S. Open Wimbledon, um, on an off day, just kind of go sit on, you know, first row, second row on a practice court and just watch somebody hit. And then afterwards, it's a loose environment. They're not playing that day. They're not that locked in. Uh, you know, you talk a little shit, but afterwards you can get some insight as to what they're thinking, what's coming up. Well, but you can't get that in a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Because a Zoom call is just so structured. You're not walking the hallways. There's no water cooler conversation like in an office. You can't just pop your head in. That's missing. And when you're not there, um, that that's really the biggest thing that that's gone now because everything's so structured. And where I thrive, I think, is by having the unstructured conversations. Is just by going to a locker room and talking to somebody. I remember when the Raptors were on their run. Um, Second round against Philly, uh, Tim Meza is a reliever for the Blue Jays. He's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And during batting practice, he just kept kind of coming over and was like, what's going on in the game now? What's going on in the game now? Hmm, that's so, cool. Man, you know? That's cool. And so you just kind of establish that rapport with some guys. So then when, you, you know, you need to talk to them, you found out that he went to high school with somebody else who's on the other side and, and all those things that um, – that you just don't get unless you're there. But you're in now though, Rash. Like you, that took years. That took years to get there. And, I mean, you that, were that quickly it can go right. because the roster turnover is so quick. So um, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So everything is coordinated also by the club. So it's not just big brothers always watching. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Rogers cup. My favorite story about the Rogers cup on my personal experience is that I had tickets to the day session. It was the Rogers cup or us open. I'm pretty sure it was the Rogers cup. Either way, to the yeah. So I didn't want to go to the day session. Mm. I wanted to go to the night session, but whoever I was with bought the wrong tickets. So we go to the day session 
It's delayed because of rain, postponed like an hour or two. So the gap between escorting all the day session attendees out and escorting the night people, which who are queued up outside waiting, it was a very quick hurry up, get everyone out, hurry up, get everyone in. What should I, I was with a girl at the time and I said, listen, I have an idea. Uh-oh. Go to the washroom, get in a stall and get up on the seat and you wait. And I did the same thing. 45 minutes later, <laughs> it goes quiet. Then 10 minutes later, a whole bunch of people coming in. And what do I do? I just slide right to the bathroom and I find an open seat and we watch the whole night session too. That was my, one of my favorite. I think that was the Rod. I'm pretty sure it was the Rogers cup. Cause I don't think the U S open, I could pull that off. That was back when I didn't have any money. I was about to say, it's like <laughs> 40 bucks, dude. Like what's this called? benefit analysis. This is classic Jonathan. It is. Like, I'm just yeah. hoping it's the U S open for the sake of the, <laughs> of the cost benefit. It's a big difference between doing that here in York or doing it in downtown New York. Yeah. Flushing meadows. I will, I will say this guys. Um, it's uh Rogers Cup is one of the great weeks in the Canadian sports calendar. Like I put, I'm not a curling fan at all. I don't know <laughs> anything about it, but like Rogers Cup to me is kind of like what Grey Cup is and Vanier Cup and the Briar and the Scott Tournament of Parts and Memorial Cup. Like it's one of those very institutional Canadian weeks on the, cal- on the Canadian sports calendar. And, like, the best players in the world are coming to Montreal and Toronto every year. I was just going to well, say. Well, not, not, not always, Arash. They, they seem to find an injury or some sort of reason. You, yeah, you, know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Though, I mean, I, I'm 2019, Rafa won. 2018, Rafa won. 2017, um, Federer was in the final. 2016, Novak won. But I don't know. I, I sh- we we'd have to do. I'd have to do some research, or maybe you know off the top of your head. But I can't remember the last time the top four were at, in attendance for the men, or even the women. There's always one big player that doesn't seem to show up. I don't okay, know why. Apologies. Three of the top four players in the world are showing up. <laughs> That's pretty good. I know. I, I trust Arash. If he says I do that, too. I, trust I do too. I just know there's always one that seems to not be there, but. Still, they pay up pretty big. What's the best thing to do? The night set, like night sessions, awesome in tennis, um, U.S. Open, especially in New York. But I recommend if you're going to come as a fan, come on Friday. It's quarterfinals, so you're going to have two matches in the day, two matches in the evening. But more than that, come earlier in the week. Just get a grounds pass, and you can go watch dudes practice. And that um, I've it, done that. I did it at the French Open as well. Holy, that's when they actually are hitting hitting hard and hitting well and doing things they don't get to necessarily do in a game. Is that what you mean, Arash? You kind of watch these dudes and you're like, wait a minute, you're a human being and I'm a human being. How is this possible? (laughs) I remember standing behind in one of those courts at Roland Garros where it's very heavily meshed, but you can kind of see and watching it from standing on the court makes you realize how, I think I'm a good tennis player, I've never felt like such a shitty tennis player. Right. Instantly your ego is destroyed and you just don't see a point in playing. I, I, I that would feelings. agree though that anytime a Petridis's ego gets shattered a little bit, it's a win for humanity. It's a good thing. It's a <laughs> Next good question, thing. Beach. Next question. <laughs> just my experience of like thinking I'm, I was like pretty good and then realizing I wasn't good at all. 
uh, grade 12, all Canada camp, Steve Nash comes in the door to do drills with us and right. makes like, at the time as like a grade 12 or I could probably make like 20, 25 in a row. He comes in there, he's like splashing 53s in a row and NBA threes. And I was like, I've got work to do. Like, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, favorite yet, DJ. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I guess I'll go to the next question. And and one of the things I love about you, Arash, is when you're interviewing players in that moment, you know, they're they're trying to put into words, you know, what they just accomplished. And you do such a good job of like, like painting that picture for them. How did you learn to do that? Did you did you pick that up like over time just from experience or or did you just teach yourself how to do it? Uh, it's a lot of reps. It's a, it's doing a lot of these things. I mean, shoot, I've known you guys coming up on more than 15 years, almost 20 years now. Right. Um, so I watch a lot and I, um, I tell uh, media students this a lot is that stop watching the game and start studying the broadcast while you're watching the game. Um, I was going to bring up an Ottawa senator who's doing well, but uh, so Austin Matthews, like you're watching a hockey game. <laughs> Is that a chirp about no sense doing well? <laughs> That's one of the greatest chirps I've ever heard. That's subtle, but good. So, so if Austin Matthews is having himself a game, who cares? More focus in on what, what, how Chris Cuthbert or Jim Houston or nah, Bob, Bob Cole. Bob, Gotta say Bob Cole. Bob Cole are calling it, um, you know, from an interviewing standpoint, I really study the people I think do a really nice job. Like, you know, Doris is great. Uh, Rinaldi's outstanding. How they frame questions, how they present questions, and then throw a whole bunch of those things into a blender and including your own style and what's comfortable for you and put all that into a blender too, and then understand, and this is easier when you're around a team a lot, like these days I'm around baseball more, is understand the person you're talking to and how they respond best, and then go about it that way. Because the way I may present a question to John is going to be different than I'm going to present to BJ. It's going to be different than I'm going to, you know, how I would interview Justin Smoke, who's a 10 year vet, was so much different than some of the young kids coming in who are shaking and nervous and whatever. That's so a good point. I, I feel like a lot, not a lot of, not a lot of reporters do that, Arash. The other thing I try and do is I try and take their headspace and the euphoria of a win back to specific moments and almost get them right back to that moment that we want to discuss. And so it's almost like, yes, they're pumped. Yes, they're happy they won, but let's, let's focus in on this. And sometimes I'll do, I remember doing a walk-off interview with uh, Russell Martin. The entire walk-off interview was about one at-bat. Right. The last at-bat of the game. Bases loaded, two outs, you're up one run. And it was like a six-pitch at-bat. And Russell set up the hitter. They intentionally threw two balls right off the top to get the hitter's eyes going up. And then they went to work on it. And suddenly we have ourselves a two and a half minute interview on one at bat that ended up being a strikeout. Right. But we spoke almost as much about the first two intentional throwaway pitches, not like an intentional walk, but throwaway pitches 
just to get the batter's eye level different than where they actually, how they wanted to present it. Because when you're doing 162 games, it's so different than doing a game a week. You know, unless it's September in a pennant race, how important was that win tonight does not exist in baseball. Uh, 82 games, it doesn't exist in basketball. It doesn't exist in hockey unless it's a really significant late season game. And that's, that's, I find something that people get caught up in is like, you lost two in a row. How important was it to get this one to stop? No. Yeah. That's when, that's when you can tell when a player is thinking in his head, Oh my gosh, this question is, they're not engaged. Right. And I mean, in my line of work, I think about the same thing. You got to be a chameleon, totally adapt to the speaker. Cause I didn't think about that. You do it already, but I feel like Reporters have questions on their paper almost before the game's over, and they just go and they read it, and they get their job done. I think you say, okay, who am I getting? Russell Martin, I'm going to ask him something along these lines. Oh, if I get – do you get to choose who you get to interview, or are they you telling you? request, um, oh, okay. and you, know, you prepare for it. And that's, that's an important thing. I have some ideas in my head of where I want to go with interviews, pregame, postgame, sit down, whatever – but one thing that a lot of people don't do, I know this sounds very basic, they don't listen to the answers. <laughs> They're so caught up with, okay, I asked question one, make sure I don't forget question two. Sometimes, often, almost always, the answer that you're about to get may take you on a completely different tangent. Great. Great. You just piggyback, piggyback off that one and then piggyback after sure. and, and then that might be it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly what you're saying, Arash. So you think the Sens will make the playoffs this year based on what I'm hearing. Absolutely. <laughs> See how I did that? I learned from you. I took good. your answer good. and I created a question based on it. Was it good? And, and John, <laughs> I think Eugene Melnick might be the very best owner in all of football. <laughs> I see what we're following a theme yeah, of stupidity here. I okay. see what's happening. Okay. I yeah, I got it. Um, I'm so nervous about running out of time with Arash. I'm going to try to get the next question in. Um, Arash, you know my brother Dean very well. Um, I have another brother and a cousin who we're really, really close with. And the four of us go on a boys trip every year. We choose a city that... Did my lights just go out? Oh, See, I don't have the money from the Rogers Cup. This is why I split my money between day and night session because my lights are literally going on and off. Um, so back to the question. My brothers and I and my cousin, it four of us. It cost about a dollar or two, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but the electrician is expensive. Right. Well, my lights are actually flickering. I'm glad this is an audio podcast. Um, what city, like some examples we've done is San Fran, Minnesota, Nashville, what we, what we do is we try to go for three nights and we try to see at least three different sporting events, maybe four. So we went to San Fran. We saw a basketball game. I can't actually, I can't remember in San Fran what we did. Yeah. We saw Golden State. We saw the Niners and we saw a uh, third game as well. I can't remember. Giants. But what city, pardon me, Beach? G Giants, maybe? No, it wasn't baseball season. We went in uh, December. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. So what city would you recommend would have the best, you know, mix of seeing three different sporting events and mm -hmm. also having a great bar scene? And then the weather is always the variable because sometimes we have to deal with the cold. If you want to see certain sports, you just have to deal with the fact that it's cold. But what's a city or two that you would recommend to get like that great boys sports weekend? Um, I would recommend... 
Um, it's a little, uh, it's a little different. Um, I would recommend doing the Baton Rouge, New Orleans uh, double deal. It's about a two-hour drive, two-and-a-half-hour drive. I would go to an LSU football game on a Saturday night under the lights. Um, so we've done, we've done New Orleans. We've done New Orleans. Rash, there you we, go. We didn't hit a college game, though. Uh, it's a different beast over there. Um, the <clears throat> pre-pandemic every year, um, we do an annual boys' trip to a college uh, football game. Been to Oregon for what was, what is no longer called the Civil War, University of Oregon against Oregon State. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, Alabama LSU, I've seen in Tuscaloosa, under the lights. Uh, Alabama LSU, I've seen in Baton Rouge, under the lights. Uh, seen Ohio State play Penn State under the lights, Ohio State play USC under the lights. Um, all that to say, a primetime major college football game in the South is unmatched. Interesting. I, we've never considered, it's we only go for the majors. Legit. Really, eh? Okay. I, uh, the whole town is into it for the weekend. Right. Yeah, I've seen, I saw footage of that Tuscaloosa when they won this year, and that was a whole different annoyance factor. I can't believe what they were doing on those streets. <laughs> um, but interesting. What about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is our potential next go, Arash. What are your thoughts? Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh is a fun town. It's a good beer drinking town. Uh, very good sports town. Very cool um, hole in the wall bars. Stay by the ballpark in Pittsburgh because it's literally driver three wood <laughs> seven iron from the PNC Park to Heinz Field. Well, that's a, that's important. I've never heard of someone use their golf bag as a as a as a distance marker, <laughs> or in my case, it might be driver. Tee up again, <laughs> driver. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. That's interesting, Pittsburgh. Okay, you want to make sure of on a on a road trip, you know, like a guy's trip. Nobody wants to drive. Right. No. No drive. You don't want to deal with Ubers or whatever if you can if you can avoid it. So what you want to do is. Be in proximity if possible. And the beauty of Pittsburgh is everything is downtown. Mm. Is be in proximity to where a lot of the action is. So the hockey arena is a little further away on the other side of downtown, over the over the Roberto Clemente Bridge. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the ballpark and the football stadium are very uh, very close. And along with San Fran, um, Pittsburgh's PNC Park is my favorite baseball stadium. Interesting. So we didn't get to go to see the Giants. What's the name of the Giants? Is it AT&T in San Francisco? Yeah, it might be Oracle or something now. They switch I, it all I've, the time. I've always wanted to sit in, I think it's right field where you can look over to your, the side and you could see the, the you could see the water. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, but yeah, San Fran was good. We didn't get to see a baseball game, but we didn't find the arena situation was great in San Fran. I mean, trying to get to that where the 49ers play. I don't know. I'm sure you've been Arash. It's yeah, absolutely like it's in Santa Clara, but it's closer to San Jose than it is. Exactly. San Fran. And we saw a San Jose game as well. It, it was, it was a logistical nightmare. Like you said, it was a lot of Ubers and a lot of expensive ones. Mm. So I, I appreciate that feedback. And I think Pittsburgh is great. We just got to deal with the weather. That's all. All right, beach. Sorry. I ate up a lot of time on there. Why don't you ask him one while I try to fix uh, call my electrician? <laughs> Your lights. <laughs> I like it. Um, so where should I go next? Um, uh, you know what? I'll just uh, I, let's talk about your your love for for the Vikings and your hate for Kirk Cousins because <laughs> uh, your tweets are are very entertaining. They're gold. 
a lot of times it's like you're happy for your Vikes, you love the team, and you're like, God, Kirk Cousins, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Why are you in my life? What? Like, I don't like you. I don't want you. I want nothing to do. With you. <laughs> so who who do you hate more? Do you do you do you hate actually? Do you, put like do you hate Aaron Rodgers? Is that is that a thing as well for you? Sorry, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a lot of money. I shouldn't. I shouldn't use. You refer to these people by name. <laughs> I shouldn't use. Hey, do you do you dislike Aaron Rodgers or should I use his number? Do you do you dislike number twelve on the Green Bay Packers? I uh, well, I mean, I just wish that the Vikings had drafted. Uh, okay, so you you understand he's very good. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously MVP this year, and he just happens to play for the wrong team. The wrong team, right? But here's the one thing that gives me joy about Aaron Rodgers, right? One career Super Bowl appearance, right? It's frustrating. No, but, it's wonderful. <laughs> but here's like, what a lifelong diehard Vikes fan. It's <laughs> one of the more amazing stats. I'm sure. I'm sure you enjoy that. But for me, it's like here's what I don't like about the NFL because there's there's 11 players yeah. on the field Jesus. on offense and defense. There's 11 on special teams, and somehow the win or a loss always comes down to to the quarterback. And I understand it's probably it's the most important position on the field. I get that, but there's a lot of things that go into completing a pass or to winning football games, like. The the Bucks gave up nine points yesterday. Yeah, right. And, and the thing is, it's it's a lazy narrative. Right. Uh, it just gives me joy when Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers fails <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers' team fails. Uh, I actually did a radio hit today. I won't say where because the first question was so idiotic. The the first question that that the interviewer asked me was, "Well, Tom just won." Without Belichick, does that now mean that Brady's more important to the Patriots than Belichick is? Oh, I'm Wait, like, didn't I ask hey. you that, Arash? <laughs> so, so I looked this up today. Do you know that in every single game Patrick Mahomes has started as a professional, and that in every single game that Patrick Mahomes started in college at Texas Tech, his team had never gone without scoring a touchdown. Wow. Until Super Bowl 55. <laughs> wow. That's a crazy stat. That's wild. Now, how the fuck is that about Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> my point exactly. That's my frustration. And I, me and John had talked about this. It was a couple years ago, Bears, Packers, Rodgers, they came back from 20 points down. Rodgers throws an eight-yard pass to Cobb. Oh, my goodness. He runs 60-ish yards to the house. Mm -hmm. They take the lead. Al Michaels, who's phenomenal, I think we can all agree, goes, he does it again, Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, Cobb just deked out seven people, wide receivers blocking downfield, and they're giving the credit to Rodgers. Because he also takes the fall on a loss, right? Like he did a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, which I don't think he should have because, again, your corner cost you the game. But we don't have to go into that. <laughs> no, I don't think the corner cost him the game. I think the fact that their left tackle was missing and Green Bay's, ta Green Bay's 
off the edge, they were just turnstiled on the regular by Shaq Barrett and JPP. I think, you know, Tampa's front, as we saw in the Super Bowl, is really good. Their linebackers are really good. Have they ever played that good? Was that Tampa D's best? That was Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense best game all best year. Best game. Yeah. Best game. That's but they've been creating havoc. That front four had been creating havoc all year. Yeah, and although the O-line for Kansas City was obviously banged up, they had to essentially move. Th- they had three of their O-linemen in different positions than they play during the year due to yeah, injury. Four. So Four. Yeah. From, four their opening day, from their opening day roster, Kansas City's center remained the same. Right. The other four dudes, the two dudes to the left, two dudes to the right, were not starters on Kansas City's offensive line. And it showed yesterday. Holy jeez. Wow. And of the 52 dropbacks that Pat Mahomes had, 48 of them, Kansas City, only had five blockers. They did not use an extra running back to help. They did not bring in an extra tight end. No help. No chance for Mahomes. Yeah, the, the, I've, I've never seen him scramble that much. And his scrambles weren't like his usual time to make something happen here. Let me get creative. It was, I am in desperate need to find someone immediately. And he was literally running backwards. I've never seen that before. For his life is what he was running for. (laughs) But he almost threw a 40-yard pass parallel to the ground. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, he almost threw it. He absolutely threw it. It was almost (laughs) a touchdown and went off the receiver's face mask. Yeah. Was was it Hill that bounced it off his face mask? No, Hill did that in the first quarter, but the other one was their running back, Johnson. Was oh, it man. Johnson? Uh, Hardman. I thought it was Hardman. Or Pringle. Pringle, who is, no, was, by the way, a backup. freakishly good player, that Pringle guy. He made a crazy catch. Anyway, um, Arash, thanks, man. This is, uh, I mean, time-wise, don't think we have any more time to ask you more questions, but if you have the time to stick around, we can jump on and uh, do a quick little, I have, we have six questions that are yes or no answers. If you want to do those on the other side, you interested? Let's do it. Can't I love wait. it. That was part one of our awesome sit-down with Sportsnet national reporter Arash Madani. He'll actually be back next week. We're going to go through our usual topics, BJ and I, and Arash has decided to stick around and join us. If you like what you're hearing, let us know on Apple iTunes. The more reviews, the better, so we get to know how well we're doing or if we have any improvement that needs to be done. Please, just let us know. Also, follow us on Spotify if you're enjoying what you're hearing. And of course, BJ would not be happy unless I mentioned Instagram. So... If you do use Instagram, which apparently everybody does, you can find us at at unscriptedpb. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.